Hello friends and welcome to episode 15 of Black Band T-Shirt Podcast. Podcast brought to you by two people who sends their commiserations and love to Bakayu Ranker, Marcus Rankford and Jaden Ranko. <laughs> my name's Ollie Connors and I'm here as ever with my sidekick, best friend and co-host Chris Morant. How are we tonight Chris? Yeah, I'm good, I'm lovely, I'm in holiday mode, I've got my rosé spritzer. Um, good to go. Could not be better. Excellent. Yeah, Chris. Chris is a teacher, and he just broke up for summer, so six weeks of freedom for him. Well, uh, I have to be back in work tomorrow. So, <laughs> well done, Jane. Enjoy <laughs> the holiday. <laughs> and talking of J- uh, Jane or Jean, rather, which is a yeah. bit of a uh, not acronym. Fuck, fuck it. Um, <laughs> Good start. Um, we are ranking the albums today, as you'll have seen in the title, of Dorset's own Polygene Harvey, aka PJ Harvey. This has been great. I've really enjoyed going back and discovering, really for the first time, uh, PJ Harvey's discography. Not an artist I was familiar with before at all, which I'd like to get into in, um, into in a second, yeah, but uh, um, how, have, how have you found this? I mean, first of all, uh, really glad that you're sounding positive about yeah. it, because uh, we were saying just before we started recording, like, this is by far the one we've done so far that we've spoken about the least beforehand, mm-hmm. either just in our lives, <laughs> yeah, or, yeah. Um, or kind of leading up to it when we've been listening. Um, yeah, much, much come to it from the same sort of position I think as each other as well I, so I had uh, I bought white chalk on CD at a charity shop okay uh, probably about 10 years ago yep um, and that was my only experience of right, right. before doing this mm-hmm. um, not that I didn't enjoy that and that's yeah, why I didn't yeah. go back to more just I happened to come across it and so I bought it but that was my extent of exploration really yeah cool uh, but, so yeah so yeah really really enjoyed uh, this this is said it so much this is what I enjoy most about doing this podcast is mm. it's a chance to do this kind of thing and really yeah, actually for get sure. to grips with things that you've never had an excuse to dive into before. So. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, my, my, my experiences have been fleeting, sort of a, a single here and there, mm. which is something I have I want to go into later, actually. Um, and yeah, just... Um, yeah, I, I, um, a couple of things I want to m- um, mention here and there that I've... Uh, um, mine and Polygene's world has <laughs> interloped, um, but uh, yeah, and so yeah, not an artist I was familiar with, uh, but obviously a wonderful and varied artist, and an artist in every sense of the word. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's had all sorts of different eras, from her early grungier days to um, the more polished sound of stories from the city, um, to evolving into latterly more of a folk artist yeah. and i'd say something i've been thinking of throughout this is um aside from the very a very few specific exceptions musically there's not a lot of crossover but just in terms of that kind of journey that the career has taken mm-hmm. uh, i feel like it's quite a similar conversation to the one we had about björk in a lot of ways in yeah, terms of i agree every album is pretty different to yeah. each to every other album mm-hmm. um which obviously obviously always exciting yeah yeah so i mean what i wanted to go into before we do the ranking is that um sort of um pj harvey's sort of contemporaries and peers mm. uh the likes of tori amos um, Patty Smith, um, uh, other sorts of things like that. None of whom I've I've ever really gone in on. Uh, obviously, I've heard the sort of more mainstream version of it, something like Alanis Morissette. Yeah. But I'm wondering if that's a sort of sort of internalized misogyny on my part. I think it is. I was, I was going like I'm not accusing you of that. I don't. No. Mean, I don't mean to go in like that. I mean like they're not any of the people I would have chosen. So no. like. Um, I'd say Patty Smith is probably more of an inspiration or an mm, influence mm. than a peer. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. For, and, no, yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. And and actually, there's a there's a few songs specifically and a couple of albums specifically where I think that influence comes in in a massive way. Yeah. Um, but like for me, obviously, you've got the first couple where her and um, Nirvana were essentially peers. Mm. So um, Kurt Cobain, uh, there's, I'm pretty sure Kurt Cobain's on record of, uh, as saying he loves Dry, the debut album. Mm-hmm. 
um, and he loved um, uh, Rid of Me as well. And obviously, we'll go into that more when we get into Rid of Me, but the, the relationship di- more directly with, with Nirvana's uh, kind of career there as well. Um, and then after that, you get a lot of kind of Nick Cave and yeah. that kind of uh, side of things coming into things a bit more. Um, Captain yeah. Beefheart. Yeah, Captain Beefheart, someone that, yeah, she's referenced a, a lot as, mm-hmm. as a big, big uh, influence. I was watching um, a few interviews today because I'm on holidays and I've got spare time. <laughs> um, uh, interesting, well, a, more, a more modern day interview with her where she talked about, um, she was asked what kind of she consider her long-term inspirations musically. Mm. Um, and Patti Smith was one of them. Mm. But the other two that she mentioned were um, Bob Dylan and Neil Young. Right, which so it's all quite a classic kind of yeah, storyteller, yeah, yeah. sensibility, yeah, style really, yeah, yeah, which <coughs> which you can definitely hear on mm. records like um, Let England Shake and Hope Six Demolition Project, absolutely, okay. um, with elements of um, I'd say stuff like Billy Bragg as well, yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, also we should mention. Um, so, uh, as I said at the top there, that um, PJ Harvey hails from Dorset. And we are going to do at the end of this podcast our Niche and a Better Top 5 on top five songs from artists from the southwest of England, excluding Bristol. Because we thought there's so, so, so well, many bands from Bristol. Also, doing my research, actually, we're right to do so because Bristol is its own county. Well, yes. And yeah. not part of Somerset. No. And the West Country officially is those four counties. Ah. Not Bristol. Right. So, okay. Okay, we're, we're in the clear there. Okay, cool. So, so yes, that's uh, Somerset, Dorset, Devon, and Cornwall. Uh, so, yeah, that should be a good chat, and uh, obviously our shout-outs at the end. Um, so, without further ado, let's get into the ranking. Uh, like mm. uh, we, Chris and I were saying, we just uh, had some dinner with uh, Chris's partner Nikki, who was on the last episode about Radiohead, and um, we were all just all saying to each other, "This is very exciting because we've we've got absolutely no idea where anyone's ranked no. anything." No. And a few, um, a few hunches, but nothing more. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I think in our Radiohead episode, you went first out of two of us. Yes. So, it's my turn to say that my number nine is Aha uh, Her. It's a snap. Yep. <laughs> I thought it might be, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Um, number eight for me is White Chalk. Okay. Uh, so, number eight for me is Is This Desire. Wow. Which is one that I predicted you would have quite a bit higher than me. So, we'll see how that pans out. You may be correct. My number seven is the Hope Six Demolition Project. Okay, so, uh, can't believe we're at this point already. <clears throat> My number seven, and I'm fully aware, I've already upset uh, Nikki with this in quite a big way, and I can imagine other people that listen to this when they listen to it might scream. Uh, my number seven is Stories from the City, Stories from the Sea. Interesting. Okay, yep. Um, my number six that might also upset your, your better half is uh, Let England Shake. Mm, yeah, that will do. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, my number six and actually so from this point on I I found it really difficult to find anything I don't massively like about any of the albums from this point Uh, and so it feels weird to say that my number six is White Chalk because actually like I said it's the first one it's the only one I actually owned and listened to before doing this I love it yeah, really love it as an album uh-huh. but this is where it comes down to what we were saying about how different every album is I mm-hmm. found it so difficult to place it yeah, yeah, yeah. with the others because it's so out there on its own but yeah it's my number six cool um, my number five is Dry snap okay cool yeah. um, in the middle my number four which is why I didn't react so much when he had it so low is Stories from the City Stories from the Sea okay yeah so you don't love it but it's not quite as mm-hmm. yeah fair yeah uh, my number four is Let England Shake in the end. Now these, mm, my number four and my number three, I've changed about ten times today. Switched them around and around and around. I'm finding it impossible, mm-hmm. but that's where I've settled. Um, cool that we've got two of the same album in our top three. Um, mm-hmm. um, so my number three, uh, I went for Rid of Me. Cool. So my number three is Hope Six Demolition Project. Wow. Okay. Cool. Uh, my number two, <laughs> uh, you predicted to be quite like her, and it is. It's it's this desire. Cool. So fucking pleased, man. My number two is rid of me. Right. Cool. We've got the same number one then. Same number one and same number nine. There we go. <laughs> Lovely. So that's uh, to bring you my love. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. Great. 
lovely stuff. So um, obviously, mutually ranked lowest there, as we mentioned, is two thousand and three fours. Uh, four, yeah. Ah ha ha. So yes, um, and um, talking of Nikki, we were just chatting there before while uh, Chris was making us our lovely dinner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, that um, especially in the wake of. The, the kind of success of um, Stories from the City and Stories from the Sea and what that represented in terms of a change of direction for her yeah. um, uh, her was quite a different step and she argued a backward step that yeah and that's kind of that was my overall feeling of it um, but from what I've read and everything and I kind of predicted before I read it as well a very deliberate mm. move on her part um, so, so tell me more about that. So, story, obviously, stories from the city, stories from the city. Probably, I don't know, maybe probably her most well-known album, right? I think it's probably. I think maybe of a, of a certain with, of a certain generation. Maybe, maybe. equal with, with "To Bring You My Love." Yeah, with, um, with certain elements that we'll go into later. Like it, it's definitely stories from the city. Stories from the city is definitely her most kind of polished, mainstream, radio-friendly, mm-hmm. big sounding kind of yeah you know lush album yeah um which she sort of t- talked about that saying that she'd never really done that and and so wanted to yeah but then where do you go afterwards yeah you know if you do it again you're just then becoming a bit of a you know a boring act so instead she just did the complete opposite Aha Her is the only album she's done that's completely self-produced. Right. It was all recorded over the space of two years, just here and there, wherever she happened to be, okay. on little four-track, eight-track recorders. Mm-hmm. Everything's played by her, everything's produced by her. Mm-hmm. Um, so, a kind, kind of like a Hayley Williams' most recent album, actually. We, yeah. we didn't mention that when we talked about that one in the mm. Um So for me, I think that's that's probably why it's my least favourite is it to me it feels more like a sketchbook yeah than a, a you know so, so many of her albums have such a strong concept or a strong idea mm. that she's kind of gone full on with whereas this is very much just a collection of little ideas yeah which is I really like some of them yeah um, yeah there, there are there, there are definitely some um, cool moments on here um uh, I think this album um, opens well uh, with yeah. Mr. Badmouth into shame, yeah. and um, a highlight uh, song for me. Not my fa- not my favourite song, but um, uh, an, an interesting influence here is that um, I thought "Cat on the Wall" um, sounded very Sonic Youthy. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't make that connection, but I can absolutely get on board with that one. Yeah, I feel also with the general um, feel of this album, you could definitely tell. Um, that um, sort of sort of um, strong female characters in indie were starting to happen, mm. like Peaches. I thought was 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 a, was, a, uh, was a, uh, not so much musically, but strong sort of influence on this record. I think. Yeah, I can get what you mean. A kind of a kind of um, yeah, because I suppose it's it's easy to forget. So two thousand and four, it was yeah when the proper kind of indie boom was happening electro again. clash and that sort of stuff yeah um, it's it is, it is sort of the post stroke sea pre yeah. pre arctic monkeys world and she'd pretty much left that behind at this yeah. point um and for more kind of yeah like we said sort of glossy lush kind of pop almost so in in, in fact like 2004 would have been right at the start of like the land for lindy years yeah. of like the libertines and block party the peak of it pretty much yeah yeah, yeah yeah that's it yeah so yeah, no, I think that makes a lot of sense actually. Mm. Um, I also think it is just like we said, uh, uh, just her getting back to what she does. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. going back to her roots a little bit and re- rediscovering what she wants to do. Almost. A little bit. It's almost yeah. a bridger of an album. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously after this was White Chalk, where she just went completely off on a yes. tangent of something different. So yeah, um, yeah. I I think so. I mean. I've already said my, my, my sort of worst thing about it was the fact that it just feels a bit like a sketchbook. It doesn't feel like yeah. a coherent album. Um, but the, my, my highlight is something you've already mentioned as well, which is is the fact that I kind of respect her decision to do that after such a successful and big mainstream album. Mm. You know, it would have been very easy for her to... And that won the Mercury Prize as well. Yeah. It would have been very easy for her to cash in on that. 
yeah. and kind of properly go for it. And instead, yeah, yeah, she yeah. went, I'm not comfortable. That's not who I am. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, I have a lot of respect for the choice that she made with making this album. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not the one I choose to put on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think my overall worst part of this record is that even though it's only 40 minutes long it feels a hell of a lot longer yeah and again I think that's because it's just disjointed you know yeah. it's not connected um, yeah uh, what about worst songs mate my worst in the end see again this is this is the reason I knew this album was going to be last because it was the only album where I had a few to choose from for worst mm-hmm. and I couldn't quite decide yeah um, I went with the letter in the end which is actually one of the lead single I think it was the lead single um, that's my best oh really it just doesn't grab me I just find uh, it a bit meandering and doesn't do I much I think uh, well I think it was just because I think I knew it uh, okay that was it because I'd see familiarity uh, I, I, I think it had been on MTV2 back in the day mm. when I was watching it and yeah, I, I say it. it was a lead single after such a big album so I'm sure it would have got quite a lot of airplay. I think that's where I get the Peaches thing from okay. that um, the vibe of that song and um, it's a bit icky that song as well okay yeah I can see that I just quite like the that, fuzzy, fuzzy guitar. The one before that, the pocket knife, was another one that I kind of thought was fine, enjoyable enough. The mm-hmm. lyrics are the lyrics to the pocket knife and the letter, I think, are quite cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's it's just not as much that that really sticks out as as an amazing song to me. When I look through the track list, you know, there's there's very few songs on there that I would put in a like playlist of songs yeah. I love of PJ Harvey essentially. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds sure. really harsh, but. Mm. Um, yeah, for my <clears throat> for my worst song, I, I've, um, I've 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 gone in the end for the the song I like the least is "Slow Drug." Um, I okay. think that's um, especially quite sort of soporific and dull. Um, going into "No Child of Mine," um, it, like is kind of a low light of the album, and I, and I also think the end and seagulls are very unnecessary as well. Yeah, see, the end I find really pointless. Seagulls is pointless, but I've said I do love the sound of seagulls, so I don't mind it as much. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> I do think uh, this. I think this is her last. I think um, in her run of. Uh, absolutely astounding closers right I think she does up to this point for the first is that six is that sixth album yeah mm-hmm. the first six albums her closing tracks are always blinders right um, and after that it kind of falls off a little so, bit so we've got three, the darker days three most recent albums so but, we've got the darker days of me and him on yeah, here yeah um, I just love that it ends on a it's quite an intimate kind of bit more Nick Cave coming back in that mm. hasn't been there for a while um, yeah just really nice to kind of end it on a a very simple mm. track really but that is is kind of one of the more memorable vocally and things yeah um, something that I did notice on this one was that uh, now which track was it The Desperate Kingdom of Love yes that's um, two tracks before so you got yeah. The Ends Desperate Kingdom Seagulls Which, Darker Days uh, I've just checked well, I did actually in the end decide is my favourite okay um, and I got a real Leonard Cohen feel from it mm. uh, oh cool massive Leonard Cohen fan so mm-hmm. that's probably why it's my favourite one but nice I think the lyrics are gorgeous um, and again it's another really stripped back kind of just her and a guitar pretty much mm-hmm. um, which I think is where this album is at its best is those mm. those tracks cool um anything else to say there uh no i mean we've we've there's a lot of songs we've not mentioned but i mean i think that you know is is why oh no not that many um yeah okay it's, it's just it's what it is it's there it has its place <laughs> um what do you reckon we've got Next, that's mutually ranked lowest. I think mm. probably White Chalk. Probably. It seems weird to talk about White Chalk already, but... Um, I had it at number is. eight, and you had it at number... I had number six. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so yeah I think that's it. Okay, so White Chalk, yeah, uh, which um, came in, um, with, which is the album after. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So an era of, of hers that uh, neither of us are massive fans of. Um, I think <clears throat> for me this just really isn't my thing musically Fair. see I um, thought I thought it could 
be one that you I said to Nikki earlier today when we were talking I was trying to predict what you might say and I predicted you could have this one fairly high up based on the kind of more uh, like ethereal alternative stuff so, that so you're sort into. of like, like the Chelsea Wolves and Emery Runners yeah, in this world it's very gothic it's, it's, it's very, very it's, it's very gothic but um, like more akin to like the Regina Spectres of the yeah. world which is not really the more folky gothic side of things yeah fair yeah yeah um I think I've got like like I said before it was the only one that I'd heard before doing this so I've got a bit of connection to some of the songs that maybe mm-hmm. I wouldn't have done after only two listens mm-hmm. um, which pushes it a bit higher up yeah and like I said I, I feel like I want it higher in my ranking than sixth really but mm-hmm. I love those top five uh, albums so much and this I feel like this is out of those six this is the one where you have to be in a very specific kind of mood to, definitely. to enjoy it definitely basically um, which is why it's down there. Yeah, so it's, it, yeah, it's, it's either um, sort of um, <laughs> late Saturday night music or early Sunday morning music. Yeah. It's, it's, it, yeah, and so, it, something it can, can fill both roles. Something I will say about it, which I think, you know, it can, I suppose you can see it as a strength or a negative, d- depending on. But when, as I said, I found it in a charity shop, and, uh, and something I was mentioning and wanted to mention the build up actually, and, and forgot to, but. I bought it in that charity shop because I saw that it was PJ Harvey and I mm. knew the name PJ Harvey yeah, yeah, yeah. and knew I should listen and probably would like, right? Didn't know anything about what kind of music PJ Harvey did. Yeah. Didn't know any- so despite never really being a proper mainstream artist, yeah. you know, well, I mean, so, you know, she's got an MBE and she's two Mercury Awards. And <laughs> but do you know what I mean? She's one of those that's not quite household in the same way that mm-hmm. like you 2 or like that kind of, oh, yeah, you sure. know? Still alternative, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I bought it just on the strength of that. I didn't know what to expect, and so for years, <laughs> I thought this was what PJ Harvey was. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, um, I knew after a little while hearing other songs and stuff like you say. But I put, I'm, I remember. What? Well, sorry, I've gone real off on a tangent there. That's fine. But what I was getting to on this podcast. How dare you? <laughs> what I was getting to was I still remember vividly the first time putting that CD on and listening to it, and yeah. just being just confused yeah and being like this is weird but it's exciting Mm. because i've never heard anything like it Mm. um so i find it now less engaging like i said than a lot of them but still just as fascinating in that in that sense i think it's just completely out there on its own yeah uh okay i mean yeah like you pointed to um there are some excellent uh gothic atmospherics here courtesy of flood um, he's back um, yeah. uh, after the break for um, uh, ha ha. Uh, well, he didn't uh, produce stories from the city either. But um, um, and I think my other best part on here is that I I really like the uh, last half of I think it's the closer uh, the mountain. Um, the bit where yes. she loses her shit. Yeah. Uh, see, that's my worst brilliant <laughs> moment. <laughs> uh, not not the worst song because I think it's a great song. And I, again, it's that. This is what I said with this song being the one that breaks that streak for me of brilliant closers. Right. Um, I I get it. I respect it. I don't enjoy listening to it. Okay. I find it. I don't know. It's meant to be uncomfortable, and it's meant you know. Um, I th- yeah. I think I liked it because it was a rare instance for me on this record of a song actually going somewhere mm-hmm. I yeah, think progression. I think yeah I think a lot of these songs <clears throat> I, I, I've actually got a note for um, the pianos but particularly but I think think remembering this record a lot of these songs sort of threaten to get out of sort of second gear See, and then sort of yeah it's interesting fa- isn't it fade away because we both share that in common of a, like a love of more progressive music and, and mm. things like that and those songs or bands and, 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 that, and, that and, do that and and, and, um, and, and a flair for a uh, for a flourish and a, yeah. and a bit of drama yeah, yeah yeah whereas for me actually it's a real strength of this album and something I love about it is its simplicity and the fact that it's almost meditative and kind of just sticks to a theme for each song that goes over and over that's fair um, so it's in but it's, you've pointed something out I hadn't thought about it's weird that I do like it for that because it's not normally the kind of thing mm. that I like at all um, yeah, that's, you made me think a bit. Um, but yeah, yeah. So I get your point. It is definitely the one. It's one of the songs on the album that sticks in your mind afterwards because of that. Yes. Um, what about your um, your best songs, mate? Uh, so 
again this is one night this is one I struggle with so the piano was actually one I nearly chose as my best mm, okay um, I think it's brilliant I think it's intense it's creepy it's uncomfortable but it's incredibly beautiful yeah um, before departure is proper gothic folky loveliness mm-hmm. um, I really love the out the piano the little simple piano part of the outro of that track actually is something that I've put as, as a a favourite uh, bit um, something I love about this as well is so she basically taught herself piano for this album mm-hmm. so a lot of it's very simple yeah um, but I feel like that gives it I mean her own words were I think she said she, she liked the idea of learning an instrument whilst recording it because it meant her imagination was a bit more free to kind of yeah yeah, yeah. play around with it a bit um, I think uh Silence. I really like my best moment is in silence, which is just the harmonies generally in that yeah, track. Yeah, I've got They're that really down nice. as a as as a highlight song because um, that's where I really heard the um, Regina Spectre yes. side uh, sort of sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, uh, and um, yeah, White Chalk in the end. I've gone for my favourite. Ah, uh, the title track. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, All right, very American folk feel mm-hmm. to it, to this one, as in so it's a really sort of the gothic thing really comes, you know. It's, it's at a strength with this one. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually reminded me a little bit of Lindsay Buckingham's solo material. Oh, God. I don't know if you've ever listened to any of this like I more recent no. solo stuff. It's got mm-hmm. a very similar feel to that, but if it was written by Danny Elfman. <laughs> right. <laughs> cool. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, I really, really like that song. I, actually, like today, I've been uh, walking around a little bit and I uh, just had PJ Harvey on shuffle generally on my mm. headphones, and this is one that came on. Um, and I was just like, yes, yeah, that's it's up there. That's one of my favourites. Um, I've gone for a bit as my best song in the end as um, "Dear Darkness." Nice. I think yeah. that's I think that's gorgeous, and I think the um, so something I I definitely noticed on this song is that um, I think on the, on this song um, the interplay with the male vocals yes. uh, w- uh, works really well, and I've I, I realised reading that again up to this point she hadn't really employed any male vocals ever really so um other than um this mess we're in obviously yeah, and we've not we've not talked about her relationship with john parish yes um a working relationship with him as in he's pretty much ever present mm-hmm. um she was in her first band before doing pj harvey as a project with him yeah uh, i don't think he was there for dry and rid of me Mm. And then came back on board for to bring to bring you my love, and, and has pretty much worked with her ever since. Mm. So his he he lends backing vocals every like when you hear backing vocals, it's usually him. Yeah, um, and yeah, no, you're right. There's a few examples where where it really is used a lot more mm. in the forefront, and it is really effective. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. And the, 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 I was just going to say, I think mm. Dear Darkness is possibly my favourite lyrics. On, on on this album as well cool yeah really good one lovely and um, what about your worst song uh, my worst in the end I went to to talk to you snap um, it I, seems to go on for an age it does and and also I think, I going think back to like the, the thing that I said about the mountain like the, the thing that she started doing from this album onwards was that really high pitch mm-hmm. vocal mm-hmm. which I feel like with Letting the Shake and Hope's Extermination Project she's got more used to doing and been able to master a bit more mm-hmm. to talk to you I feel like I just find it a bit irritating see I, I think I think the full set of the, 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 uh, the soprano vocals on that song are catchy like I can still hear them in my head okay. but so they don't uh, they obviously don't irritate me but yeah I just yeah. Um, I, does, I think it's grow 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 mm-hmm. that one and the mountain where she really does it right and to talk to you for some reason is the one that I just don't don't get on with mm-hmm. out of those okay okay um, anything else uh, in that one no I think that's pretty much oh uh, Broken Harp we haven't talked about which okay. I thought um, the the vocal is really raw as in mm-hmm. production wise it's pretty much dry yeah um, which really made me think of Björk actually right. in terms of the melodies as well I thought it was a very Björk performance vocally strange that neither of us have mentioned at all um when under ether which the was the lead single yeah i don't think it's that it's an odd no. choice as a single for me mm. i think it's fine you know i like it it's i was very surprised when i read that another haunting vocal mm-hmm. um but 
I've just yeah, there wasn't anything amazing that I had to say about it really. So yeah, I, no, I equally I was surprised when I realised yeah. that was a single from it. Mm. Shall we go for um, this? Might be fun because um, um, obviously Floods produced um, White Chalk. Shall we go on to his other one? Um, is this Desire? If you're happy to, it was your number two. My no- your number two, but it's your it's your number eight. So overall, it's probably mutually okay. ranked quite low out of the nine. Yeah, if you're happy to, it'd be an interesting talking one. I mean, can I go straight in with why I thought it would be up there for you? The nineties trip up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This is very much for me. Yeah, I've got exactly that down as my um, best part. This is like for me slipping into a warm bath of nineties. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> but like, um, I mean, which is ironic because I, I I said on the last episode how like listening to constant. Um, absolute radio 90s for a while kind of ruined the bends a bit for yeah. me but this is the good parts well this, this is this is an album that probably doesn't have any songs that are played on absolute 90s no right? no <laughs> no indeed but um, like you got yeah a, a, a lot of trip hop on here and it's it is um, tinged with industrial as well yeah, that's yeah, the, yeah. that's the that's the influence of floods who obviously um, has worked with um, at, um, 80s post-punk acts like uh, The Cure and uh, Susie and the Banshees but, and you too <laughs> and you too but uh, Chris and I are most familiar with him for his work with, with Nine Inch Nails yeah. uh, we are Trent Reznor obsessives but um, uh, yeah but um, it, just just really enjoyed this record I think um, what, what, what am I going to point to in particular that um sort of stoked those feelings of me I think Perfect Day Elise mm. is probably my favourite single since maybe Dress wow okay I, I might I don't that's I another might, one where I don't get it as a single I might revise that later on actually okay. uh, thinking about it especially what we've both got yeah. for number one but um, I get huge um, Garbage and Portishead vibes yeah and I really like both of those bands yeah I just I'm um, fine with it it's it's good but I, I, another one that I f- was fairly confused about it being the, the lead single, yeah. considering some of the other tracks that are on there. But um, I will just say, I, I feel like I need to just sort of defend why I've got it as low as I have as well, mm-hmm. um, which is is, sim- is very similar to my reasons for Aha Her, in that I've, it, my low like moment is that it feels a bit like a half-finished experiment in places. Okay. Now, what was really interesting, again, like I said, I was sort of listening and watching and reading up on a few interviews and stuff today. Mm-hmm. So an interview she did in 2004, so whilst promoting Aha Her, she said that this was probably her best album. She said, Is This Desire is probably her best yes. album and thinks it probably always will be. Mm. Now, I don't know how much that is still the case because mm. she's had three albums since then. Mm-hmm. Um, however, John Parrish said that he thinks it was the most compromised right she was at her worst uh, in terms of mental illness at the time okay. she he said the record company it's the only album the record company have come in and intervened and they think he thinks they took advantage of her illness to right. just like walk over her okay it was recorded uh, in two separate sessions a year apart from each other one in Yeovil in a little studio mm-hmm. and one in a swanky London studio but with right. the same team so it's interesting. I didn't know any of that before I'd made that no, decision. I no idea. Mm. Before I decided, it felt a bit half finished and disjointed again. Right. So it's interesting that that at least I wasn't imagining it. There is a reason for it. It's not just a poorly crafted album. You know, <laughs> it, it is because of situations around it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he did also say that he finds it really frustrating because he thinks had that not all happened, it probably would be his favourite of, of the albums that he's worked on with her as well. So, I'm obviously missing something. Yeah, <laughs> there, there are some songs on it that I absolutely love. So I'll go straight. I'll just go in there with my best song because I think it's one of my favourites. Generally, uh, is Joy. Oh, fantastic! That's yeah. That, that that's um, also on my best uh, my best song list. It's yeah, just an absolute stormer. Yeah, just, uh, absolutely completely abrasive. Yeah, and I mean one of those where. You, in hindsight, when you know she wasn't in a great place, mm-hmm. you can fucking tell. <laughs> um, she sounds almost possessed with right. that vocal. You mm-hmm. know, it's just guttural. And yeah, yeah. 
yeah <laughs> and really harsh electronics as well just like yeah, proper yeah. industrial kind of electronics so um no i get what you mean um about this album feeling uh this um disjointed in places so i'll t- i'll take you through what through what i've got down in my notes for uh, amongst my worst parts um i think um sky lit up is weirdly placed in too short um angeline into the wind would work better um there and um and that i like um catherine and electric light but two quite slight tracks back to back is not the most exciting yeah so yeah you 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 can kind of get those vibes that from from sort of the things i've said that this is this is yeah an album sort of yeah a bit of a a dichotomous record yeah i feel like after such a like focused and essentially masterpiece of an album as to bring you my, my love. love yeah this is the follow-up f- 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 three years later is it mm-hmm. yeah just feel but then uh, like i said we didn't i didn't know the source until today the situation behind it all which makes it make sense a little bit more as to why it wasn't more of a you know l- a long-term crafted kind of mm-hmm. thing um i thought electric light sounds very porter's head yeah Love the bass on that one. Very kind of simple, uh, but yeah, really, really cool. Mm-hmm. I do think that's for me. They're the general highlights of this album. Are the, the more trip hoppy electronic elements of it. They're the bits that I think work really well. Mm-hmm. <coughs> um, that's okay. Um, so what else have I said? Uh, what What have you gone for for your worst songs, mate? Uh, I'm, I'm just quickly as well. Having said that, I've just realised a complete contradiction in what I've just said about the electronic bits because my uh, runner-up for best song and my highlight moment is is this desire as a closer okay but I think that's because of how all over the place and mad the album is mm-hmm. to then end with a her and guitar song again mm-hmm. and actually one that is just gorgeous yeah um, yeah yeah it's really really good um, yeah worst I've already kind of said so um, yeah this, this, the sky lit up I've gone with for pretty much exactly what you've said just yeah, now. Yeah, same. Um, um, it's the le- uh, for me. It's the least interesting track here. Yeah, it's it's that the outro bit, the sky, the sky <laughs> bit is really cool. Uh, but yeah, that's it's it just kind of happens. Yeah. Um, and for for track two, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. a bit a bit disappointing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, my my is it my beautiful Leah Lee? Oh yeah. Leah? Uh, I think that's a really good one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and the wind as well. Yeah. So it is it's it's right at the top of the album. The sky lit up is just sticks out as a yeah. as a no get out. <laughs> I've I've actually gone for um, uh, the wind as my top track. Cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, closely followed by joy. Um, I uh, I really enjoyed um, the river and no girl so sweet as well. Yes. I think they, they yeah they, those are all um, highlights of this album. Yeah. Um, I mean. Yeah, you you knew it's going to be high for me because because trip hop in the nineties. Yeah, I mean that's, that, the, that, no, that's the, the wind. That, that's exactly my def- defense of it. It's interesting <laughs> that you said the wind's your favorite because my first note I put for the wind was oh PJ dipping her toes into trip hop. <laughs> Wondering uh, if I do all like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Turns yeah. out, and we've yeah. not we've not only mentioned um, Angeline as a, as an opera. I think it's really really good yeah. as well. Actually, a um, bit more kind of immediately laid back and accessible than mm. any of her openers before. Mm-hmm. Um, and and very, and piano led for the first time. Mm-hmm. I get quite a Stevie Nicks vibe from the vocals, right? Mm-hmm. In that one, I think um, what I've just realised is how significant it is that this album came out the year after Homogenic. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Big ass vibes on on the wind, definitely, yeah. um, and joy. Yeah. Um, yeah, as, as I think you said. But yeah, um, anything else there, Chris? I, I, I think I'm done. On my number two, which is disappointing because I wanted to be able to defend it more, but you, but you, um, I, I had no idea about the context. And I mean, but that, that, that shouldn't affect your enjoyment of it. You know? I like, yeah, I don't think I like it less no. now that I know that. I think this is an album I, I will still go back yeah. to and, and still enjoy and be like... I can like, see this like, slotting into your regular yeah, 90s uh, listens around that kind of theme. Uh, uh, and, and like what I was thinking is that um, we're in that sweet spot for 90s nostalgia where we're yes. not like, 
oh we hate the 90s they had nothing relevant to say but uh, uh, but also we're not like fucking gen x's that go on about the 90s as if it's yeah. the best thing well that's it we, we were ever happened we were too young to have been exploring this more alternative side yeah. of 90s music so we're only discovering it all properly now yeah but with that nostalgic edge yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. i recognize the sound of this <laughs> like, yeah yeah <laughs> Spoiler for future episodes, um, Oasis weren't as good as you think they are. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we're going to go next into Dry, her debut album from 1993. Two. Two. Yeah. And so, like, it's worth saying as well, so for this album and Rid of Me, PJ Harvey officially was the band. Mm. Um, yes. Watched i I'm... I nearly forgot about this so I'm going to have to find this again and link it when we put this episode out or something on, on Twitter um, found an interview uh, that she did in 90 It was I think it was 93 yeah um, ju- just about to promote rid of me um, we're in in uh, the US I can't remember what the channel was or anything but it's just, just wonderful like five minutes interview with this uh, guy who looks like he's about 21 right just stoner dude yeah grunger guy <laughs> like really really like turning on himself doesn't realise he's on TV interviewing someone uh, and her similar age similar kind of vibe it's just the most hilariously awkward interview <laughs> I've ever watched in my life um, wonderful but yeah, she part part of that they they talked about the the name, and she said then that they considered lots of other actual band names, but decided she actually thought before recording Dry, or before putting it out, made the decision that she probably won't want to stay with this style of music and stay with this particular band <laughs> forever. Yeah. So would rather do it under something she could carry on with on her own afterwards. Yeah. So it's clearly a, a thought out long term kind of plan, which mm-hmm. I thought was quite cool, especially. Yeah someone that young to think that far ahead with that kind of stuff really um but yeah this is a band and it's a good band yeah <laughs> pretty good band yeah um strong first half to this record yeah um so we got yeah uh let me just get the track list and up so we got um oh my lover into our stella um dress victory happy and bleeding shield in a gig great fucking great I just this um, this is another one where I'm actually pretty upset that it's only number five for me because mm. obviously when I started listening through for this I go in order of release so yeah. this was the first thing I listened to yeah and I was like why Why have I never hmm. listened to this why have I never yeah, yeah, yeah. just it's it's this and Rid of Me which we'll come into in, in part two in a Ooh, big yes. way just peak what I love of early 90s rock music yeah like that dry is it is grungy but in the sense of like it's scabby and dirty yeah it's and so, rough and ready so fucking raw um but it's full of hooks yeah 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 absolutely it's pop songs wrapped in grime yeah you know like mm-hmm. um yeah I really love this album um I think it's it's number five because obviously it's a debut. It's it's you can tell they're a young band. You can you can tell her confidence isn't quite what it becomes, especially with the album afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the only reason. But in terms of the actual songs on here, there's so many absolutely brilliant tracks. And if if um, if anyone's like a fan of, of this, I wasn't sure if they're a fan of this kind of uh, era of Peter Harvey, I'd really recommend listening to, there's a um, Peel Sessions collection mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. on the streaming services where most of that is tracks from This and Rid of Me. Oh, cool. And the tracks from Dry that are on the John Peel Sessions mm-hmm. just sound massive. When when you actually hear it as just a live session in a BBC studio, mm-hmm. uh, they sound even better. Yeah. Um, should we go straight into uh, your best songs then, mate? Yeah, I mean, it's obvious. It's an obvious choice, but yeah. I had to go Sheila and a gig. Okay. Because... Right. Um, it's from first listen, it was the one that stuck out. Mm. There's like 10 hooks in one song <laughs> in there. So, okay. Interesting. Um, so, I've got that. Right, bear with me here. I've yeah. got that as a worst part. Okay. Um, because I think it could be... An all grunge anthem, which you think it is, 
but I feel it's a tad repetitive, though I've got down that I do enjoy the use in the lyrics of Dirty Pillows. Mad that you think <laughs> it's repetitive when there's like there's like three choruses. There's three different choruses. Really? Yeah. Okay. So you've got the... Um, the title. The, you've got the, yeah, obviously the actual chorus. Yeah. You've got the bit you're talking about. Yeah. He said, please wash your breasts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be unclean. Uh, please take those dirty pillows away from me. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh What's the other? Um, yeah. Gonna wash that man right out of my hair. Yeah, is that right? But I can't yeah. remember how okay. the melody Fair. of it yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. been in my head all fucking day. Now I need to remember. No, it. It's you're gone. right. Gotta wash that man right out of my hair. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Um, I uh, I just think, I just think it's the one that sticks out as being kind of quirky and yeah for the early nineties uh, a you're female right. a female led track who's being that like in your face and open with sexuality yeah. Yeah. and you know in a time where it was pretty <laughs> dominated by men swinging their cocks about yeah. Um, oh yeah god this is just in the wake of hair metal wasn't yeah. it so. <laughs> um, so I just think I just yeah I just think it's great and it was a, you know it was a massive single and it was the one yeah. that got her attention so it's it's not a, a controversial choice but it's the one that I keep going back to and every time it comes on I just really enjoy it mm-hmm. very Nirvana instrumentally yeah. yeah but it was a, it was at the same time you know I, yeah. I just, and we know Kurt was a, was a fan of this album yes so I think as a case of influencing each other a little bit yeah yeah, yeah yeah um yeah yeah um no fair enough I, w- I wish I liked it as much as you did um but um so, but but that doesn't make my best songs. Um, I've got four here actually that okay. I wanted to point to as highlights of this record. Um, four for me is Joe. Yeah. Um, then I got Happy and Bleeding. Shimmy time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got Happy and Bleeding Water, and my number one is what I thought was the big song from this album, which is Dress. Dress was the first single. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. It is, it is really good. I, I I had that chorus in my days for after, yeah. uh, for days afterwards. Yeah, uh, yeah. W- water's my number two. Nice. I just again, stunning closer, especially yeah. with that vocal at the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Constantly like, oh, um, yeah, just pure energy going on there. Mm. Uh, Happy and bleeding. I've got my worst. Oh no! Wow. Okay. Um, I just get a bit bored of it. Okay. Essentially, there's no. Again, it's one of those albums where there's no songs I don't like. No, it's just sure. One of the, it's just the one that I'm least sure. enthusiastic about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, I I agree. There's there's no songs I actively dislike, but for me, um, I've gone for my worst as um, Plants and Rags because uh, it does least uh, for me, despite some great strings. I was going to say the the horror strings are my highlight from yeah. that from that track. I think again because it just adds. Adds a bit of variety at just the right moment mm-hmm. to the album, and uh, I feel like using that style of uh, like like I said like horror film score strings essentially. Mm-hmm. I feel like it complements the album's the thing about the album that I really like that we haven't really said is just I feel like the overall word I'd use to describe it is unsettling. Yeah, you know, just kind of slightly on edge the whole time. Um, yeah, you, you can you can even tell it in those sort of sort of um, scratchy strings in dress. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, I think fountain builds and builds mm-hmm. and layers mm-hmm. brilliantly. Nice. Um, so, um, bit of an obscure, an obscure reference. You 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 probably won't even know this band, but uh, there was a Scottish indie band in the early two thousands called Stella Star. No, I don't. No, I think I thought I just wanted to point out that I thought they might have been named after the lyrics in Ostella. Uh, okay, that'd be cool. I was um, Stella, uh, she's my star or something. I feel yeah. like Ostello had an almost REM mm. feel to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I like that one a lot as well. Uh, and and we've not really talked. Uh, oh, my lover, as yes. an intro, is probably oh. my third favorite. That dirty bass intro yeah. is just phenomenal. It's just it it it. it, it on this, on this, and the next album, she makes such great use of space. Yes, yeah, absolutely, and and the, and to bring and to bring you my love, I'd say as well, actually, yeah, in a lot of places, mm-hmm. yeah, it's definitely a strength. You're right, and I think a lot of that comes from the fact that I'm not sure about to bring you my love as much because obviously it's a lot more complex and instrumentally, but dry and rid of me were recorded live. Yeah, you know, they're they're literally the three of them in the room playing the songs recorded. Yeah, so I suppose. It, 
the temptation to sort of add things in and and maybe use that space up wouldn't have been there quite as much, which mm-hmm. has probably helped. Um, yeah, I think it's great. And I like that this uh, was recorded pretty much in her hometown as well. So it was recorded in Yeovil where she was at college. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, again, I found a quote from her about this one saying that she couldn't believe she was actually getting a chance to record an album. So kind of similar to what we said about Jimmy Eat World with Clarity. Mm-hmm. She said she just put everything... It's, it's so intense because she just put everything into it because she didn't <laughs> think she'd get another chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you know, there's so many great albums where that's the case, isn't it? Where the artist is just like, "Oh my god, you want me? You want me to actually make this?" Okay, cool, let's go. Um, yeah, yeah, really cool. I've, I the other thing I've said about it as just a sort of a highlight as well is I feel like a throwback to the last episode. Mm. Uh, I feel like she has succeeded where Radiohead failed in doing an English twist on grunge. Yes. That's a fantastic point. Basically, that's a brilliant. At pretty point. much the same time. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I, d- I did sort of note in my head that this came out um, uh, the year after um, Pablo Honey, but uh, couldn't find not two more different records, but two more uh, sort of um, polar opposite interpretations of a, sim- yes. a, a, of a similar thing, yeah. uh, similar oeuvre. And actually, I, I, I did see in my research for the Radiohead episode that um, one of Tom's Tom York's most uh, biggest inspiration song-wise on OK Computer was Dress. Oh, wow. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So for, the, for the sound of it, yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think we think for the last... Unless you had anything more to say on that one? Uh, no, I've, I've not said my worst moment, which is just okay. that I'd love a remaster. Fair. Um, just because you know it was recorded at a pretty small studio mm-hmm. in 1992. <laughs> I feel like this... But, but then... I put that before I'd properly listened to the Peel sessions and I feel like actually I get out of that a lot of what I'd get out of a good remaster. It's just a yeah. bit more a bit more oomph behind the sound of, of some of those songs just brings them to life that little bit more. Um, yeah, love this album. Um, another thing to mention is that cover. It's, <laughs> it can be divisive. So, again, but again, it's so gross. That word that great. I used of unsettling. Yeah. You know, it's you see it and you're like, what is that? <laughs> she been punched? Is she like what? Um, yeah. And again, that's something else that's quite interesting. Just to bring up at that point, seeing as you brought it up, mm. um, really need to. Look, I, I'm, I'm going to find the name uh, because that's really uh, unfair not to mention the name. But um, John Par, I think it was John Parrish's partner, right? Um, who obviously she met through John Parrish mm. at a really young age while she was at college, uh, has been the person who's pretty much done all her visual okay. stuff, like f- photographs, album covers, videos, mm-hmm. costumes, everything. Yeah. Um, and I think actually that all that stuff has played quite a big part in um, in some of her success. Mm. You know? I think she's obviously found these people in her career that she knows share her kind of vision for things and has latched onto them. And that's, you know, Always, always a, a sign of someone who knows what they're doing. I think <laughs> I can't find the name on the, on the general Wikipedia page, but uh, I will find it because deserves a mention. Cool. Yeah. So um, yes, we're going to do for the last album of this part um, her most recent record. Um, so flitting straight from her first to her um, latest, the Hope Six Demolition Project. Um, interesting record. I didn't. I didn't think much of it uh, when I first listened to it. So um, to, give, really interesting. to give it to, yeah. to, to, to give you to give you a context, um, I was um, in work on a on a on a, on a Sunday and um, just had it on while I was working, and um, yeah, nothing was really jumping out to me, and I thought this is going to be quite low for me. It, it has ended up lower. It has yeah. ended up seventh, but I did think it might have been lower. Um, the parts of this that I don't like it is quite obvious for, for probably for Chris because he knows me well. Yeah. Don't really like jazz. Don't really like folk. Yeah. Really don't like hey nonny nonny music, which comes in a little bit here. See, I feel like it comes in more and let England shake. Yeah. Um, which is why it's slightly lower than this one. For me. <laughs> uh, I, however, love folk and love jazz, and therefore yeah. it's higher up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think. Um, sorry to. Um, interrupt but I'm surprised this is so high for you because I think this feels to me 
like the amnesiac to Let England Shakes Kid A. See, yeah, Nikki said that, and a few people have said something similar, like it's like a sequel album. Yeah. Because it's... But, I mean, I think that's purely because... So, really, really interesting video that I watched today was an hour-long conversation with her and... Um, oh, gosh, i got to forget his name as well now, but a poet... Mm-hmm. Um, talking about the difference between poems and lyrics basically mm-hmm. it was really interesting but it was after this album had come out and she was talking about Let England Shake was the first album where she properly focused on the lyrics because mm. she wanted to say something it was the first time she's felt confident enough to actually make any kind of socio-political anything kind of yeah. commentary um, and so obviously this is the second one where she's had that confidence to keep doing that. So I feel like because there's only been those two where she's done that, it's seen as a bit of a pairing in that mm. sense. And also there's a lot of folk instrumentation coming in on both of them. There, um, there's, a, there's a comment I, uh, I saw in a review I read. Um, this, uh, this, may, uh, this could very well be titled Let America Shake. Yes. <laughs> but, but that's weird though, isn't it? Because I feel like that's maybe just because that's the bit that we know the most about. Because actually more of it is about Afghanistan and Kosovo. Because mm. that was my original reaction to it, was it, it seemed like it was focused on America and obviously there's parts of it. So they, she went round with um, Seamus Murphy, photographer, mm-hmm. to, to Afghanistan and Kosovo. And then uh, she was saying in this, in this thing I watched today that they did those two and they were like, well, where should we go next is the third place. And she said, well, it makes sense to go to the place that is responsible where most of the decisions were made that mm-hmm. have led to these two places being like this. Yeah. And that's why they then did Washington. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you... Did you find any of the criticism that she had received from the Washington side of it? No. Which I thought was quite interesting and actually leads to kind of my worst thing about it as an album. Okay. So The Community of Hope is the opener. Yeah. I actually really, really love that song. I think mm. it's really good. Really good kind of stompy open. Again, full of hooks. The yeah. outro of they're going to put a Walmart here, I think yeah, is yeah. brilliant. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> just brilliantly catchy, but also... Bit sloganeering, but sure. Yeah, but I mean, that's the point. Yeah. You know? Um, that's what protest music is. Yeah. And, and well, that's the other thing. This is, this is unlike Let England Shake. I feel like this one is much more rooted musically in... You mentioned kind of Billy Bragg, but I think almost the more American protest folk yep. of the 60s and 70s yeah, yeah. Of hippie movement Woody Guthrie that sort of thing yeah, yeah. Um, so but yeah so the community of hope was based on uh, Hope 6 mm-hmm. area of Washington DC and the people who were running to be in office for that area at the time really criticised that song right um, and they said uh, so I've got a couple of the quotes here because it was really interesting that, that what the reaction to it was Um one of them said that uh, it basically makes PJ Harvey seem to music what Piers Morgan is to cable news. <laughs> um, wow. Which is harsh. <laughs> uh, um, and there's a non-profit in Ward 7 uh, called Community of Hope yeah. um, who released a statement criticising the portrayal, basically claiming that they, she distanced herself from the actual people who lived there Mm. Just looking, just going and looking around the place, almost right. like kind of poverty porn, you know, like just trying to get okay. something for her album rather mm-hmm. than actually engaging with people. Yeah, glossed over the whole actual dignity of the people that live there. Yeah. I get that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, it's uncomfortable. Yeah, because actually, I think I don't. I think she'd be distraught to think that it come across like that. Mm. I get the impression, especially seeing watching today her talk about the album and things. I think she's very her heart's in the right place with it all mm-hmm. um, but this is what happens when you she's only just started writing songs and albums that are about political issues <laughs> you're going to put your foot in it sometimes yeah, yeah. you know um, so my, my overall low light of the album is that I do feel with this coming straight after Let England Shake the sort of extreme pessimism and defeatism mm. gets to me a little bit okay. by the end of it yeah, I kind of feel like with albums like this, you usually have at least one that's offering some kind of hope or like. There's no, there's no light. I mean, it's literally in the title of this yeah. album. <laughs> but there's no, but there's no light at the end of the tunnel offered, yeah, yeah. or like, and she's but, been but, criticized. But, but, but this was this was written in Washington in the Trump era. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's she's been criticized for not offering solutions and just pointing yeah, out problems. Yeah. It's like, well, she's a fucking musician. She's yeah, not a politician. Yeah. Like the job is to point out the problems. You know, that's, that's a debate that's going on for decades. Um, 
so I don't I don't get on board with that but I do feel like just on a personal level it gets a bit heavy when you've listened to two albums in a row of look at how shit all this is <laughs> you know which is weird for, and uh, like <laughs> I said that to Nikki and she was like that's coming from you <laughs> like <laughs> I know like that's the point <laughs> I'm normally someone who you know is fully on board with that kind of thing but yeah uh, right, okay, but but let, let's go. Let's go into some positives because, yes, um, yeah, even though um, uh, this ended up seventh for me, there, there there was stuff to like for me on this record. Um, some of my best parts: the dramatic intro to Ministry of Defence brings the promise of sort of more grungy PJ yep. coming back in, uh, and I love the um, Delta Bluesy outro to uh, River Anacostia. Yes, I love that song generally. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's some, again something that's quite different to what she's done before. Mm-hmm. Going back to the more meditative kind of style. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I really like that one. It's interesting you said dramatic. That's the word I've used quite a lot on this one, mm. and Ministry of Defence as well, specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said that it's got, it's got a bit more bite than anything on Let England Shake. Yes, has. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like it's a bit more angry. I feel like Let England Shake was almost a bit more despairing, mm-hmm. whereas this one's a bit more angry in certain mm-hmm. places. Mm. Um, also, um, obviously, um, her, as Chris just pointed out, her lyrics have uh, come under some criticism on this record, but I really like the lyrics at the end of uh, Medicinals. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Um, I, so, for the Let England Shake and this, like, mm. the fact that she said it's the first time she's concentrated on the lyrics, mm-hmm. it's, it, for me, it's works, and it's the thing that has put the, both, the, both those albums higher up in my ranking than they might have been, because... They're the first ones that have actually really, uh, I found affecting and actually engaged with me on that level. And mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm someone who, I'm a big fan of someone who's thought about lyrics and things. That's, yeah, a, that's yeah. a big part of what I like. But mm-hmm. so the, the, the and this one in particular, I think having the the bit more variety than Let England Shake of it being set in three different locations, but with a common theme. Yeah. Um, meant that there was a bit less repetition and there mm-hmm. was a bit more to be got out of that. Um, it's interesting. So first, first listen through to this album, I did think it could be my number one or two. Wow. Um, it's definitely not there now. Mm-hmm. Um, Chain of Keys was one of my favourites on first oh, listen. Oh, yeah. Chain of Keys is but, very good. Yeah, but now uh, it's my worst. Wow. Okay. Um, I found it the most repetitive. Okay. And I still lo- it's still one of my favourite lyrics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. I just love the imagery of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but musically, I felt it just uh, one of the ones that didn't develop as much as some of the others do. So uh, for me, the the worst song um, is the Hey Nonny Nonny Flutes on, on Near Memorials uh, to see, Vietnam and Lincoln. See, that one is the epitome of what I was saying about picturing hippies in a field in the 60s. Yeah. That kind of protest song. <laughs> see, I kind of quite liked it. Okay. Um, Not my vibe in the slightest. <laughs> but uh, I get why. See, to me... There's a track. I won't mention which one, but there's a track on Let England Shake that um, I feel like this is like the partner track to, and I like this right. one a lot more. Okay, <laughs> um, of that like taking the kind of quirky approach to the music mm-hmm. as the juxtaposition to the lyrics, mm-hmm. which is what she said she's deliberately done on both these albums as well. Yeah, that was her way of trying to get the pessimism diluted a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that that's the song where that reaches its peak. But it, for me, it works more on this one. Um, I just like how it seamlessly shifts between that and then to like gothic ballad in the verses. Uh, it's quite clever. Um, yeah, um, my uh, highlight moment. I was going to say, God have you got any God. more best parts yeah, before yeah. you do best songs? Yes, yeah, so my best my best part is. Uh, <laughs> you'll probably hate it, mm. but the absolute wigging out brilliance of the saxophone in the second half of Ministry of Social Affairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I've, I, it's I, stunning. I do have um, Ministry of Social Affairs and the wheel as the best part of this record. Cool. Um, the, the whip, the wheel. Uh, yeah, the wheel is my best. It's my best song Snap. here. It, good. Yeah. I think it's actually her best song in years. It's just phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. it's brilliant. Yeah, it's it's so dense. Yeah, but. But also so meticulously put together mm-hmm. musically, mm-hmm. equally triumphant and apocalyptic. Stunning, uh, yeah. And again, the the imagery and the lyrics is horrific. Yeah, and really affecting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
Um, also yeah. got for um, uh, amongst my best songs is um, for um, <laughs> a line in the sand is a bum shaker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Again, another one that, that, that yeah, it's probably in my top three from this album. Um, yeah, that's funny because we've we, we we've connected to very similar past this yeah. record, but we've ranked it so disparately. But I think, but I think that's the ultimate dividing line. There is our general taste, isn't it? Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Because the things we've all said we like, we've we've mutually said we like about it, are things that are uh, sort of separate from genre or anything. Yeah, um, really, they're more about impact and mm-hmm. an overall feel. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, is there anything we've not really? I think we've mentioned most of the Orange Monkey again is one that I think just kind of sits in the middle. It's kind of gothic psychedelic march. Dollar dollars a bit of a crap closer. Yeah. It's not um, best. I don't know. I, I I really like it. In that, again, it's her most kind of stripped back, vulnerable mm. song for quite a while. Yeah. And the story behind it, I find quite moving. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the saxophone outro. <laughs> uh, so I think it's her it's her best closer since um, since it's this desire probably. Right. Um, yeah, I do really like that one. But I can see why you might not. Fair enough. That's every song. Lovely. <laughs> so. That closes us out for part one of uh, PJ Harvey. Stick around for part two on the other side of the jingle, where we'll be covering her four biggest records. <laughs> so, sorry if we've wasted your time here, but um, we, 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 we've, had, we've had fun going through these. Um, so, yeah, second part will be Stories from the City, Stories from the Sea, Let England Shake, um, To Bring You My Love, and Rid of Me. Uh, not necessarily in that order. And, of course, our Niche of the Better top five on top five songs from bands from this uh, from the southwest the counties of southwest england so um somerset wiltshire um dorset devon and cornwall did we not count wiltshire in the end okay if you've got one then fine yeah (laughs) i did have a couple but um i thought it's generally counted i thought we only went for those four anyway all right fine um it's only a couple wiltshire is a nothing place with nobody from it but um (laughs) sorry sorry to anybody from swindon listening but um you know, you deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, he is, I promise, I think. See you later. <laughs> <laughs>